Ah, nothing to see here. Must ask you a question. Hey, um, you're in for a treat. We're not going to make it any less weird. Uh, so welcome. I know there was a lot of uh, churches with some pretty cool programs, some tailgate parties, some all kinds of things for um, for Super Bowl Sunday, and some really incredible speakers who were football players. Um, but man, I, I'll just be honest with you. Um, there's no greater attraction than Jesus. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me just say this. Like, the Swifty saga will continue, but Jesus reigns forever. All right? Um, <laughs> my kids, they know, like, all about that stuff, and we've been joking around about it at the house. And uh, I think Swift got, uh, I saw a stat uh, she increased revenue for the Kansas City Chiefs $355 million this year. <laughs> but, um, man, I, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Um, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, there's our party. Our party is Jesus. Um, I hope you have fun tonight. I hope you are safe. And I had some fun notes and a message all put together, uh, worked on it. And for between last night and this morning, God just totally changed um, the plan. So here's the new message, all right? Um, so if it's your first time here, we oftentimes are more organized than this. We sometimes have messages with four points, um, but we are more than willing and hungry to go off script as Holy Spirit leads. And I think that's what you've witnessed today. So uh, give us three tries. If this is your first time here, give us three tries. Uh, see, see if this is for you. If it's not, we will help you find a church that is a better fit for you. Um, I'm friends with most of the pastors in the area, and they are great, great, great people in churches. Um, but I'm going to just start off. Um, this is a continuation from my first message of the year. And um, I'm going to cry a lot today. Maybe there's a p potential chance. Uh, my brother said, I know why you're growing a mustache. It's a tear catcher. <laughs> so um, it, it's possible. I don't know. Um, let me just tell you the back story of that. When I was an atheist, I prayed to God that I would cry because I hadn't cried in about five years. And all of a sudden, he met me with his presence, his love, his kindness, his power, his spirit. And um, now I'm just kind of a blabbering, crying idiot up here. No apologies. That's just who I am now. And... Uh, it's fine. Nicole loves it. I think she's attracted to it because I think it makes me a little more sensitive. So um, anyway, let's continue from the first week of the year. The first week of the year, I cast vision. And we talked about what? The fire, fish, and bread. The fire, fish, and bread. Good job, Olivia. It's my daughter. Uh, the fire, fish, and bread. All right, that's, that's kind of the theme for the year. And, and then I ended that service kind of sporadically, not planned, uh, talking about having this heart to build something on the altar and let the altar burn. You know, we burn on the altar and we become altars and we, we, we are these altars for the Lord and, and the symbolism of that. And that's, if you weren't here several weeks ago, uh, I think it was the first Sunday of the year, uh, that's where we went and we just came to the altar. We opened this up like build an altar unto the Lord and just open yourself up. Let him consume you from the inside out. And I can't shake that still. I can't shake that I want the fire of God, but it may not be the charismatic, just alone the charismatic fire of God that I may have grown up with. It is the sustaining fire of God. And there is something that burns within us when we encounter the real living Jesus Christ. There is something that burns within us. And, 
Um, I've been in these fires. Um, I'm, a, I'm a full-time firefighter, if you didn't know that. I work for the city of Troy. Um, 22 and a half years I've been there in, in different aspects fighting fire. There's a couple of firefighters in here. And um, we've all been in those, those of us who have been in the fire service, we've been in those fires where all of a sudden you get called to this fire, and they're like, yeah, it, it, there was a fire, it's out now. And we get there, and I've been on several of these, where the entire kitchen is charred and it's black. And there's not smoke, there's nothing. Somebody comes home from work or whatever it might be, and all of a sudden they come home, and literally their entire kitchen and all the cabinets and everything in it is just charred. And what happened was there was this incredible uh, fire that had started and that took place. And then all of a sudden there's a thing called flash. And it flashes and it consumes way more oxygen. And, and fire needs oxygen to continue. And it sucked it all out and put itself out. Okay? Now, I believe sometimes we come into the, the, the Lord, and especially, and I'm going to talk about what fire is and, and, and all this stuff. Because if you've been in a Pentecostal church, you know what fire is. But if you've not, you're like, what are these crazy people talking about fire of God? So we're going to get into that a little bit. But, but here's the thing. I believe sometimes we can come into some of those moments and some of those, those fire moments with the Lord. And all of a sudden, it's this quick flash, and it burns out, and it's nothing to sustain it. And, and here's what's on my heart this year. Yes, we want the fire of God, but we want the sustaining fire of God. I don't want this quick flash of witness a miracle and then turn my back on him. I don't want this quick thing of a prophetic word or, or this encouragement or this blessing happen or this financial increase or I'm praying for this promotion. I get it. And then that's what it was built on. No, there is a foundation that's built on the Lord and it's a sustaining fire of God and it's on the altar of his presence. The Lord told me this morning, he's like, don't preach your plan, preach my presence. So we're just going with what I have here. Leviticus 6, 12 through 13. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offering on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Let me read to you Matthew, uh, I believe it's 3.11. Matthew 3, verse 11. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the chaff chaff." chaff from the wheat and his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, burning off the chaff with never-ending fire. I want the never-ending fire where he's burning away the waste and there's this purification and there's this sustainability to this fire that's literally built on the altar. And I just feel led just from there um, to talk about, like, what is this fire? And, and Nicole and I, we were talking about this. We had a three-hour drive home last night after a beautiful weekend uh, with our elder and, and pastoral and leader uh, retreat. And, and we just started talking, like, what? She's like, what is fire, though? How could you tell a person who never grew up in a church what the fire of God is? And, and I just want to kind of just go there for a minute and then just dive into Scripture. And, and let me just tell you this. You can tell when a fire has taken place. 
First off, it's attractive. One of the days at the retreat, we just, we had a, a fire going, and, and it, we started it early morning, and it never went out till we all went to bed. And it just kept burning all day. And people would gather. They'd talk. They'd go there for warmth. And then we, at one point, we were there two, three hours just staring at the fire and talking. You guys, anybody been to a bonfire before? Had a wreck fire? It's captivating. There's something there. And let me just tell you, when something has burnt, and then you, you ever, like, you ever like, okay, uh, you put that sweatshirt away where you were at a campfire or that coat, and then you pull it back out later, you're like, oh, man. When you have been around a fire, it's recognizable. You smell. When fire has taken place, you can see char. You can see the burn down. You can see these things. And let me just tell you this. The same way that when the fire of God consumes you and you burn for him, it's noticeable. There is an aroma, there's a smell about you, there's an appearance that draws people in, there's a passion, there's this fire and this passion. Listen, you don't need to be around me more than about three hours to know that I do CrossFit, I love coffee, I love Jesus, I love my family, and I do ice baths. I'm passionate about those things. And right now, for whatever reason, I'm doing an ice bath every day for an entire year, and I'm almost six months in. And I haven't missed a day. And I love bragging about that. And I love trying to convince others how good it is for them, and they should do it too. Is Logan here today? He can, he can feel my drift on this if he was here. But, but that's the thing. You want to know if somebody does CrossFit? They'll tell you. <laughs> Same way a gluten-free person or a vegan or whatever, like, they'll tell you all about it. And they want to get you into that. You talk about occults, I'm just saying. That's the thing, but it's the same way, like, like you get a new car, you want to brag about it, but when something even way more important than any of that gets inside of you, people will know it because there is a passion, there is a burning, there is a yearning, there is a thing that you will give up every other altar and idol to burn on his altar. That's the fire of God. The fire of God is that you're so passionate about it, you never want to stop thinking about it. You never want to stop talking about him. You never want to stop being in his presence. And you never want to stop bragging about his goodness and get others in on that action too. That's the fire of God. It's not this mystical one-time feeling. It is a sustaining, burning fire. And in the fire service, we call it the fire tetrahedron. It's these things that have to take place for that fire to keep burning. And like they said in the thing in Leviticus, keep the fire burning. The priests had to add the wood. Timothy, it says, fan in the flame the gifts that are inside you. If you think about adding that oxygen, we think it's only God will do this. And, and no matter what our desire is, he's going to make it happen. That is true, and he is that powerful, and he can do that. But there is something on our part that his promises are yes and amen. It's, it's, it's his yes, it's our amen, it's his promise, it's our process. And we think all these magical, these, these supernatural things, these, these crazy blessings will just happen. There is a time where the Lord says, no, build a fire. There's a time where God says, no, put me first. started talking last night on the way home that you know what we put the most of our time in isn't what matters at our funeral it isn't what matters at the end they don't they don't say well so and so died and he lived at this address with this house or was this position at this company no like it's your character it's your legacy it's your love for the lord it's your love for people and when the fire burns inside of you, you're going to love him really well, and you're going to love people really well. And if that fire's not burning, we're going to be self-seeking. We're going to go after our agendas and our plans. And just like Joshua said, it all turns to ash and goes back to the dirt anyway. Man, 
I want my soul, I want my spirit, I want my emotions, I want my thoughts, I want my, 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 my entire being to burn for him, that if you're around me for just a little bit, you're going to know there's something different, but you're adamantly going to know I love Jesus. That something happened in me and something took place where I'm no longer suicidal, I'm no longer an alcoholic, I'm no longer addicted to pornography, I'm no longer hating myself and looking in the mirror and not wanting to get up. Man, as a teenager, that's what I faced on a daily basis. And when the party was done and it was quiet, I was left alone facing myself in that mirror. Until Jesus, man. It's the only thing that matters. Let me, let me just read this scripture. Uh, the youth, man, they just got back from the sin. And I heard Cheyenne said, uh, he's just going to read a chapter in the Bible. And he's like, and if you find this boring, the scripture's not boring. That's a you problem, not a Bible problem. So if you find this boring, I'm going to quote, um, it wasn't Chan, it was Francis Chan, I'm sorry, Francis Chan. He said, uh, if, you, if you find this boring, that's a you problem, not a Bible problem. Yeah. Let's just read this. All right. Even my little note I got off of. I'm like, man, I don't even know if I talked about any of that. Luke, Luke 24, I don't remember what I said, but Luke 24 can I just read this entire chapter? You can follow along, but it's just going to be the entire chapter of Luke 24. The only thing that's going to get a fire inside us is the power of Jesus. His spirit will burn in us, and it will burn like no other. And it will not come and go. It will not be emotional. It will not be on emotion or thoughts or feelings or opinions or preferences or what I like or how I like to sing or what song I like better or what praise. It's, it's Jesus. Man, when we started singing, we exalt thee. Every fleeing thought went away from me, and all I could think about is the goodness of Jesus because we exalt him because he is worthy. He alone is worthy. We're going to get there in a minute. But very early on Sunday morning, this might take a minute. I'm a very slow reader. And then when I read myself, I end up daydreaming, having to reread it all over because I'm like, what just happened? You guys ever do that on autopilot, like driving to work? You're like, how did I just get here? It's probably dangerous. But when I read, I'm like, I have to read a book twice because I daydream through most of it anyway. I'm like, oh just read through 10 pages. I don't realize a single word I just read. I was thinking in my head about every other thing. So I'm a slow reader. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. Uh, can I just mention one thing that I forgot when, when I read John the Baptist? I believe that he's going to, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit's going to baptize people in fire today. And it might begin to happen as you're sitting right there. You might feel something, you might not. But I believe as I read this in the next couple chapters I'm going to read, I believe he's going to baptize you with fire. And there's going to be a, fe a fresh baptism of fire, of spirit, of, of him, of love. And I believe you're going to walk out of here different. And I believe it might hit you as I'm reading this scripture. And if that begins to happen at the end here, we're going to build altars again. Just come on up. While I'm speaking, if that happens, just come on up. If you want to just begin, as long as it doesn't disrupt what the Lord's continuing to do in others, just begin to build your altar with him. So it's, it's this, this little sacred place here, this is open. Oh, forgot where I was. Four, let's, let's do this the proper way. 
I need like one of those lights, those lamps on it, or those glasses that sit on the bottom of my nose. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to what, he had, what had happened and everyone else uh, what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. It's not the first time Peter like, stood up and ran after Jesus. The boat, the time of fishing and casting nets on the other side. Stooping, he peered in and saw empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again wondering what had happened. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked, they had what that had I'm sorry. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. Either in their grief or scales or some reason for the Lord, they kept them from recognizing Jesus and knowing it was him. He asked them, what are, your, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days what things jesus asked the things that happened to jesus the man from nazareth they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of god and all people but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him we had hoped he was the messiah who had come to rescue israel this all happened three days ago and some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back in an amazing, in, with an amazing report. They said that his body was missing and that he had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. So some of our men ran into sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said this to them, You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses, all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures and that the, that the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of the journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on but they begged him, stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. Now here's, here's where it gets interesting, where it connects to my first message of the year. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. The recognition, the breaking of his bread, the, 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 the atonement of his body, the sacrifice of his body, the breaking of that bread and the recognition, all of a sudden their scales were removed and now they realize it's Jesus. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn 
the reminiscing now and going back on that journey, that seven-mile walk with Jesus, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? I believe that it's important sometimes just the reading of scripture and that our hearts will burn as he begins to reveal himself. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with him, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. So we have the bread. We have the fire burning within them. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him uh, as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. You'd have to say that, you know. You know, like all of a sudden you're there hanging out with your buds and you're talking about this. Like, no, like really, he's alive, guys. And poof, there he is. It's like, whoa, peace be with you. Calm down. Like, it's like, chill. Don't be sus. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see as I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? <laughs> they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me was in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He gave them this gift and this, 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 this ability to now understand scripture and understand the revelation of who he is. And it says this, and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for those who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in this city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. I want, I want to just stop there. Let me go back to that. Let me just finish. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifted his hands to heaven. He blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy, and they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Now, he's saying, now sit here and wait. Says, says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, now, here's the amazing thing. Jesus is promising um, that his spirit will come, right? He's coming. It will be a comfort. It will guide, fill you with power, right? Now, now here's the thing. So these, these guys, 120 of them went to the upper room. If we know the, the Pentecost Sunday that we celebrate, the day of Pentecost, it was the fulfillment of scriptures and the fulfillment of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and it came with flames resting on their heads. And it came as a mighty rushing wind. Now, here's the deal. It wasn't a promise just for that room on that day. It's a promise to us. It's a promise to all that he will baptize with spirit and fire, right? So here's this thing of this promise is they didn't go and just wait to receive a gift. 
They weren't going and waiting and saying, okay, if we can get our blessing. They weren't going to say, okay, if we can get a healing. They weren't going to say, okay, if we, if we get that thing or that, that, that word or, or that gift or that manifestation. They were going to wait on the Lord. The promise of his spirit. Like we pursue these things and we pursue these gifts and we pursue the fire when the reality is if we pursue him, he pours out his fire. He pours out his gifts. He gives them freely to all of us. He, we can walk in the spirit and he pours out his, 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 his fire, his, his, all of this. They weren't going up to the upper room after this promise to, to get something. They just wanted him. If we can shift our focus to say, I'm gonna, I want to build an altar. I want to burn for the Lord and I just want to host his presence. I want to know him. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, the suffering and his death. Let me just tell you what, man. He will pour out those gifts. He will pour out those manifestations. He will pour out those blessings. Like, it's just who he, it's what he does. But I want for who he is. He is fire. He's called an all-consuming fire. I want him to consume every bit of me from the inside out. There's scriptures, so many references that talk about, you know, the outside looks good, but the inside needs, it's, it's a wreck, right? The outside's polished. The outside of the tomb looks great, but the inside is full of death and dead people and bones. The bowl, it looks polished, but it's, it's, it's crud on the inside. Man, I want to burn from the inside out, and that's a sustaining fire. Let me read one more thing, and somebody can come to piano or something, or pads. Can I read Revelation 5? I will take that one yes and do it. game doesn't start till 6 30 i'm gonna read revelation 4 also this this is my favorite scripture in the bible let, let me let me just paint the picture here what you experience today and what we cultivate in our private lives and worship is only practice for what we get to do for all of eternity we get to fall down, and the weight of his glory is so strong, we have to fall down on our face because we can't bear the weight. And this is the invitation for eternity, that we get to see Jesus face to face forever, and we get to sing the same songs over and over and over and over, and it never gets boring, and we don't complain what key it's in, or if we were there too long, or if we miss the lunch crowd or whatever. Like it's the same songs that are sung over and over in all the living creatures. And so here's the invitation. As Nicole said earlier, John, the beloved, was given this gift of this open invitation. He has this encounter with the angel, and he's given this open invitation, this prophecy of all, this, this unfiltered view of what heaven is. That's what revelation is. It's this unfiltered view. He let him experience what heaven is like through this vision, through this encounter with the angel, through this prophecy. Now, we get now this depiction to look forward to this. Revelation was never meant to be a fear tool <laughs> to scare the hell out of you. It was meant to get the love of the Father and the hope of Jesus return in us. Then I looked, then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice, oh, I'm on Revelations 4, team, if you're keeping up. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. 
The one sitting on the throne was a brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian. And of a glow, an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounding him and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. And in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. The first of the living creatures and beings was a lion. The second was an ox. The third, a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered with eyes all around them, inside and out. I believe this. I believe those four living creatures were to catch the eye and the majesty of how good God is. Think about that. No matter where they turned, no matter how they bowed, they could see him and they could never take their eyes off of him because he's that good. And they begin to sing this song. And I think this song is a depiction of, of the awareness of how good God is. And I think every time it was holy, you could almost supplement that with wow. And every time they turn, it was a different view. And every time they see Jesus, it's in this different light. It's in this way, like this amazing way, this wonder of who he is. And they began to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, who is still to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 who was and is and is to come. The one sitting on the throne, these, these, this, this realm is going on, this realm of, it's just worship, it's just adoration. Listen, they, they have no need, so it's not like Jesus is continuing to do miracles and, and heal the sick right there, <laughs> or pour out financial blessings, or like that, that stuff, it, it's not there, it's not needed. They're, they're whole, when we get to heaven, we're whole. We, we don't need anything. Everything is quenched before we even ever thought of a need. And they're just singing because of his goodness. Come on, if we can capture this, it will change how we look at our circumstance. It will change how we look at other people. It will change how we view our sin because it was already taken care of by the blood of the lamb. Let me, let me carry on before I do go till 6.30. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship. He is that good. Oh, I'm ugly crying. Fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay down their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Then I saw a scroll, and in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne, there was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. Now, as I read through this, just know the seven is a number of completion. It's a number of complete divinity. It's, it's finished. It's, it's like it's perfected. Seven is complete. It says, and I saw 
a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it. Who is worthy? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and the seven seals. And I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living creatures. And among the 24 elders, he had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne and when he took the scroll the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down and bowed before the lamb each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense which are the prayers of God's people. They're holding our prayers as if it's incense to the Lord in their hands in these bowls. He's heard every one of our cries. He's heard every one of our petitions. He's heard every one of our intercessions. He's heard every one of our heart cries. He's heard your mom's heart for your children. He's heard your grandparents' hearts for your grandchildren. He's heard every desperation that you've ever had. He's heard your longing for a spouse. He's heard your longing to have children. He has heard every one of your cries. He's heard your cry to reduce and, and eliminate totally your sin and your shame. Every one of those prayers are being held in safe hands and they sang a new song with these words you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it up this is God's plan and provision the scroll is his plan it's his provision it's 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 the accomplishment of everything it's sealing the deal it's 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 everything's been taken care of for you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on the earth. Oh man, if we can get and capture this revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and how he's sitting in heaven and all of creation is bowing before him, we will burn for him. We will burn on the altar for him. And I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels all around the throne and the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now here's where we get to join in. Here is the invitation for us today. Here is the invitation for us to burn and us to worship and us to get him so deep in our hearts. We never want to turn back. We never want to put anything before him. It says, and then I heard every creature, every being, every part of creation in heaven and on earth 
and under the earth and in the sea, they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Blessing and honor and glory and power rise to your feet, church, if you can. And just begin to sing that over and over. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and they worshiped the Lamb. I believe he's calling us to a holy moment to burn with him as he reveals himself to us. We will burn. There is a burning inside of us, but it starts in the heart of worship. It starts in the heart of revelation of who he is, not just what he does. This altar is open right now to renew, to build an altar, to add the wood, to breathe life with the Ruach breath of Jesus. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The Lamb who was slaughtered. The Lamb whose blood paid a price for us. The Lamb who, who made a way and paid for our freedom. The Lamb who forgave sin. The Lamb who covers and releases shame. He is the Lamb and He is worthy. He is the Lion. He is worthy. He is above all things. He is in the heavens. He is on the earth. He is in us. There's an invitation for the baptism of his spirit and fire. Lord, let us burn for you, Jesus. Let us burn from the inside out. Burn away the chafe. Burn away the chafe, God. Burn the chaff away. Burn away the waste. Burn away the idols. Burn away anything we've put above you. And let us come to the reality that you created us for your glory. Let us see you for who you are. Let us see your word for who you are. Oh, this is a holy moment, church. Let us burn for you. 
Let us be marked on this day. Let us let us be charred and let us let us have a sustaining fire for you. Let us smell like your aroma, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Wherever you are, I'm just gonna pray for a baptism of fire. Wherever you are, you might start to feel something physical and tangible, you may not. Lord, I pray right now for the baptism of fire, that you are an all-consuming fire. So I pray for a fresh baptism of fire, God. Fire, an infilling of your spirit so much that, that we can tangibly feel you, that we have to sit at the weight of your glory, God. That there is a passion that about you, God. There, there is a passion put in us that we draw an addiction to you, Jesus. That you replace every bad addiction in this place with the addiction of your presence in Jesus' name. That there is a baptism of your fire. There is a baptism of your spirit. There's a renewing right now. There's a refreshing right now. Thank you, Lord. I thank you as heat begins to go in people's hands and into their hearts right now. Tangible heat. The day of Pentecost, God, I pray that there'll be flames resting on our heads and there'll be greater wisdom, greater understanding of who you are, greater, important, more importantly, greater revelation.
everybody's timeline will be as long as some of the others here or mine. So if you need to leave, you can leave. But you can linger. And you can build an altar. You can come into the heavenlies as long as you want. We'll be here. If you need to leave, you can leave. Bless you guys.